say die, we won't give in. We're number one, we'll hold the line. We won't step back, we'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast, we'll drive like rain. We won't be beat, we won't retreat, ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne town, we'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. We are the storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode seven. As always, a quick shout-out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and Storm content over the 2023 season. Now... On with the podcast. Round two review. One word can encapsulate the Storm's round two performance against the Bulldogs. Disappointing. Going down to the Bulldogs team that came to play 26-12, the boys from Belmore jumped out to a 26-0 lead before the Storm rallied late to score two late tries to Nelson Asofa-Solomona and Jerome Hughes. Called the plate, he did the ball play, that was dangerous. Nelson will have a go himself. Nelson's over. Glad that doesn't happen even more. Hughes on the run. Here comes Katoa. Here comes the storm. Standing in the tackle. Remus Smith with it. Canterbury get defenders back. A little chop on the head of kick out. Off goes Grant. Gives the pass away. Hughes is over for Melbourne. Buckle up. They've got Melbourne right back in this. And that's where the scoring would eventually end. Everything to play for. And it was one of the most deflating outings by a Melbourne Storm team in some time. For the first home game of the season, 17,000-plus spectators at Amy Park coming off the back of one of the club's most gutsiest wins last week in Golden Point against the Storm's bogey team, the Eels, and a venue which hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Melbourne in recent times, and debuting the club's 25-year anniversary jersey, the team really dropped the ball quite figuratively and literally. Captain Christian Welsh spoke about his disappointment after the game, in the after the post-match press conference. Yeah, I don't know, mate, to be honest. It's, um, it's really disappointing. Um, as Craig said, we had a great week. It was obviously a great win last week. and um, Yeah, we got a few out, but it's, it's a bit of a cop-out, mate, uh, particularly effort areas. Anyone can do them. doesn't matter if you're Karen Munster or you're Tyron Wishart, who's early on to his career. Um, yeah, just really disappointing first home game. You know, our members, they pay a lot of money to come to these games, but buy memberships and buy tickets and come support us. And um, to dish that up, yeah, really, really disappointing because we've got a great fan base and that wasn't good enough. The unstorm-like performance culminated in the side amassing 49 missed tackles, uncharacteristic of a Craig Bellamy coach side, where defence has always been the cornerstone of, the Mel- of Melbourne's game. 
The side looked like it was going through the motions whilst the Bulldogs were front-loading their energy with aggressive running and numbers in, in defence. Their line speed put the storm on the back foot and were able to capitalise on fi- on field position and momentum through the middle third. The second phase play and ability to keep the ball alive disrupted the Storm's defensive systems on both edges and heaped a heap of pressure in the middle third. Effort areas and effort in general on competing and competing on the 1% has really hurt the Storm. Areas like kick chase, line speed and D, tackle effectiveness, which would have limited the Bulldogs' offloads, numbers in tackles, pushing up on the ball, kick pressure on the halves and building pressure in good ball. Trademarks of what we have come become accustomed to seeing with the Melbourne Storm side. Let's hear what Craig Bellamy had to say in the press conference. Lack of effort. It was really poor. That's what we pride ourselves on here, but start of the game, they were a lot more enthusiastic than us. They were running harder, they were tackling harder, they were doing everything better than us and we were a mile off with some of our effort areas. Like, I mean a mile off, so I, I certainly didn't see that coming. Um... Yeah, I thought our effort areas were really good last week, and but today, um, yeah, yeah, really disappointing. What about, I don't know, you're, you're missing a lot of players, and you obviously had a big game last week. Those factors play into it at all? Oh, we'd like to have all of our players available, but at the end of the day, we just want our the players to go on the field and do their best. Um, yeah. They were, we were a long way away from our best today, and like I say, it's just you know, if we're lacking, you know, some some skills, some finesse, we're lacking some speed, some size, whatever, we'll put up with that. But we, you know, we just lacked effort, and yeah, like I say, at the end of the day, sometimes you're not going to win in those situations. But you know. <laughs> We should have been a lot better than what we were, were tonight. And like I said, I, I just can't believe, you know, and again, for 60 minutes we were like that, and then for 20 minutes we, we showed some energy. A bit late then when you're 26-0. You know, you're not going to, in this competition, you're not going to catch anyone 26 mil with 20 to go. So that, that's disappointing. But The Storm's usual potent left edge struggled with a new combination of Wishart replacing Munster, who didn't look comfortable all night long. As I've mentioned previously, Wishart is a great utility, can play a whole host of positions, including in the halves, but his value as a 14 coming off the interchange bench with his leg speed in and around the ruck is more of an asset than him playing as a starting six. Some perspective, though. Storm were without 12 of what would be players who would feature in their top 17. You take out 12 players from any team, any NRL team, and see how they fare against their opposition. Whilst it is a legitimate excuse of sorts, the Melbourne Storm as an organisation do not offer up excuses. The mentality for the best part of 25 years under the Bellamy reign has been the next man up mentality, focusing on not on who isn't available, but who is available and there is an expectation as a Melbourne Storm player to do your job. Cooper Cronk was asked on NRL 360 this week about the Storm's below-par offering and shared this. 
In terms of the Melbourne Storm, well, I've been on the receiving end of some of those half-time sprays, and yeah. it's duck and weave because yeah. he doesn't miss. So the thing about Craig is, um, and we heard in the post-match press conference, it's all about effort. It's about mm. character. It's about heart. And you want to talk about the review and how they fix it? Well, most people will say defensive effort, you get in and work on the technical parts of it. I don't think that's Craig's will go after a defeat like that. He basically taps into the heart. He'll hold up a Melbourne Storm jersey and say, show me how much it is to you to be a Melbourne Storm player this week. And it will be one tough week of training for the Melbourne Storm players. One positive, the combination of Hughes and Eli Katoa on that right edge. There are a few half chances that almost turn into points, but you can see the cohesion and the understanding start to really take shape on the Storm's right edge. That will only start and get stronger with the more time Hughes, Katoa, Smith and Warbrick play together. Reps at training and more games that all four players starting to string together as they play week in, week out. So, all attention now turns to the Titans. I'm quite certain Storm fans can expect to see a resurgent Melbourne team that runs out this Saturday against the Gold Coast at Seabus Stadium come 3 o'clock. We wait with bated breath. Teamless Tuesday. Melbourne Storm is in line to regain three starting players from injury for Saturday's multicultural round clash with the Gold Coast Titans at Seabus Stadium. Xavier Coates and Justin Ollum have been selected in the back line. Coates, after missing, round, uh, after missing one round following his injury against Parramatta in the season opener, and Ollum for the first NRL game after his setback of his broken arm in the trial against the Roosters in Geelong. Tui Kamikamitha is also set to make his first appearance for the season after picking up a foot tendon injury in the warm-up to the Warriors trial in Christchurch. His inclusion will help offset the loss of fellow prop Nelson Osofa-Solomona, who will be out for six to eight weeks after sustaining an MCL injury against the Bulldogs last Saturday night. Selected on the Storm interchange bench for the first time is New South Wales State of Origin forward Tarek Sims, who missed the trials and opening two rounds whilst he was recovering from two calf injuries in the off-season, whilst New South Wales Blues under-20s origin representative Jonah Pezzett has also been named in the number 14 jersey. All three are returning starters and Sims will need to be cleared after training this week before making the trip to Queensland. A decision on whether Pezzett will make his debut will be made after the captain's run on Friday. In the squad named... On Tuesday afternoon, Coates replaces Grant Anderson, who has been selected on the reserves list along with young Tonomapia, who started in the centres during Olam's absence. Let's have a look at the at the squad as it looks. So at fullback, we've got Nick Meaney named in the one jersey. On the wings, we've got Will Warbrick and the returning Xavier Coates. In the centres, Remus Smith and Justin Olam. In the halves, again, Tyron Wishart has been named in the sixth jersey, Jerome Hughes at halfback. In the front row, we've got Tui Kamikamitha, Harry Grant and Christian Welsh. In the back row, we've got Trent Liero, Alicia Katoa and Josh King locks the scrum. On the interchange bench, 
As mentioned, Jonah Pezzett has been named in 14. Alec McDonald, Tarek Sims and Jordan Grant round out the 17. On the extended reserves list, however, we've got Grant Anderson, Aaron Penney, Young Tonomapia, Bronson Garlic and Kane Bradley, who made his debut last week against the Bulldogs. Now, the left-edge combination with Foran and Fafida looms as a threat to the Storm's right-edge defence, and they'll have to be on high alert. AJ Brimson is a constant threat on the back of shape, and his ability to constantly follow the ball and bob up in and around the middle, he will be looking to exploit a tiring Storm middle third. So too, Jaden Campbell, who's a live wire off the bench. He's slick and his speed, quick turn of pace and acceleration will undoubtedly test Melbourne Storm's defence in the later stages of the contest. Both bookends, Mo Fodawaka and Tino Fa'asur Malawi, will be looking to lay a strong foundation and a platform for the Titans to play on the back of. So it's up to Welsh, Kamikamitha, King, Sims, Grant and Alec McDonald to match them in terms of energy, intent and go forward. Now, I expect Jonah Pezzett to start. As I referenced earlier, I think Wishart is better served as a 14. It's always difficult to bring a half on during the midst of a game. They have to try and feel their way in, which can take time, and they can struggle to adapt, especially if the side is on the back foot and chasing points. So we could see another Storm debutant this week, potentially two, with Tarek Sims also being named to play his first game for the Storm. So we might have player number 229 and 230 respectively. If that does happen to be the case... Good luck to both players. Go well. The latest injury and rehab report as we go into round three. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we received yet another injury, as already mentioned, to Big Nelson Asafa Solomona. For those of you who are old enough, that is the MASH theme. And we're starting to look like uh, a bit of a medical emergency ward at the moment with the amount of injuries that we do have. Um, So Nelson, yes, big Nelson, big nasty. He becomes the latest player to succumb to injury. A six- to eight-week layoff is the estimation for the big New Zealand front rower after he he sustained a high-grade MCL, which is the medial collateral ligament uh, to his knee. Uh, so it's not the ACL, which is the, the really, really bad, severe one, which can actually s- sideline you for up to 12 to 15 months. Uh, it's the MCL. So we'll see how he goes on that frontier. Uh, six to eight weeks, um, straight into a brace, straight into re- in, into rehab. I did note today that um, he was uh, straight into the conditioning aspect. So there's no rest for the wicked. They're, they're flogging him and getting, keeping him fit, keeping him on his feet. So um, I've got a I've got a sneaky 
suspicion he may be back before the six to eight week mark. I, I don't think it's going to be a miracle recovery by any by any stretch of the imagination, but potentially maybe four or five weeks. And if if that is the case, that's that'll be great. Um, so we'll watch to see if he does return early. Uh, Cameron Munster, now the famous finger. So the 5'8 remains sidelined with the fractured finger he sustained against the Eels in round one. He was not available for selection this week. Um, we did uh, – the initial uh, diagnosis was two to three weeks. So this is the second game he'll miss. So potentially we could see him line up for round four, if not hopefully round five at, at, the, at the latest. Uh, Xavier Coates, after missing the game against Canterbury last week, uh, he's in line to return – for this week, he has been named in the starting team, but he was all, he was also named last week, if we do remember. Uh, so a final decision on whether he will play is being made later this week. And again, I think all players that potentially are under that sort of cloud of uh, of doubt uh, will be given up to captain's run to see if they they get through. They get through training unscathed. Uh, Justin Ollum returning from a fractured forearm. He's back in full training after sustaining um, a fractured arm in the opening trial um, and has been named in the starting lineup to face the Titans. Also pending a check on his fitness following training uh, Wednesday and the captain's run on Friday. Big Tui Kamikamitha, uh, the Fijian. Forward suffered a tendon injury to his foot in the pre-game warm-up against the Warriors in Christchurch. He, retru- he returned to full training last week and has been named in the 22-man squad to face the Titans. Like Xavier and Justin Ollum, uh, a final decision will be made on his availability um, later in this week and, again, will be given up to um, uh, Captain's Run on Friday to see if they will travel with the side to Queensland. Tom Eisenhuth now hasn't been spotted off Nobbies at all this year, so he's returned to contact training and may be available for selection next week. Now, considering he didn't play any trials and he's missed, well, he'll be missing the best part of three weeks, um, potentially depending on hopefully no more injuries, he may actually be making his way back through uh, Queensland Cup, Host Plus Cup with uh, the Brisbane East Tigers. So... Um, he may be named next week in an extended squad, but considering he's had no game time, potentially the the coaches and the coaching staff may want to see him get some minutes up uh, and get some volume in his legs, blow out the lungs in Queensland Cup just to make sure he's got a run under his belt before returning to the first grade NRL side. Tarek Sims, um, after being sidelined with two calf injuries over the preseason. Uh, he's re, uh, rejoined full training and has been named uh, as also in the 22-man squad for the Titans this week. He'll also, again, need to get through the remaining training sessions this week uh, to get the final tick of approval before he does make his Storm debut. Tepoe Moroa, um, he's got a calf strain and potentially could be available for selection next week. Again, he may come back through... Um, host plus cup with the Sunshine Coast Falcons. George, Gen- George Jennings uh, still returning from that ACL um, injury. So he's banked a full week of training, which is bringing him closer to a return. And he'll initially 
also returned via the Host Plus Cup. Marion Seve, a return in round four or round five is on the cards um, as the cartilage issue in his knee improves. So that's a good sign. Um, we need a bit of depth in that centre three-quarter position. Ryan Pappenhausen, the most spoken about kneecap in the universe. Paps returns, uh, continues to work hard on his uh, rehab program, building strength in his right leg. The exact date of his return is still a TBC, a to be confirmed. So again, we just wait and see when Paps will be will be returning. Um, Dean Oremea. So unfortunately, Dean, as we know, sustained an ACL rupture. Um, he had surgery on that last week, and unfortunately, that's his season over. So. Yeah, not good reading, Um, but again, we've got some troops slowly but surely coming back. Let's just hope we can try and, from here on in, not sustain any more injuries and keep everyone healthy and fit. Now, some Storm news. Kane Bradley became Melbourne Storm player number 228, making his club debut last Saturday night at Amy Park against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. Born and raised in Sydney, Bradley was an impressive footballer from the very beginning. He powered through the ranks with the Reesby Rhinos, Penshurst RSL and Bankstown Sports before before coming through the junior grades with the Manly Seagulls and St. George Illawarra Dragons going on to be named in the New South Wales under-18 squad. He had a development contract at West's Tigers, played a bit of New South Wales Cup, knockout effect cup with the Western Suburbs Magpies before moving to North Queensland, where he played two NRL matches in 2021 for the Cowboys, including scoring a try against Melbourne on his debut in Round 19. He played 18 games to the Mackay Cutters in the Host Plus Cup last year before moving to Storm Feeder Club Brisbane Tigers this year. So Kane Bradley, whilst not on a top 30 contract, Storm did apply for special dispensation uh, for from the NRL to select players outside their top 30 due to the extensive injury toll currently being suffered. Uh, the 22-year-old joins Will Warbrick. Ellie Katoa and Bronson Garlic as the club's 2023 debutants. So, congratulations and welcome to the Storm family, Kane. Storm Don, the 2023 Heritage jersey, aligning with the club's 25 year celebrations for the first home game of the season. The Melbourne Storm squad wore their new heritage jersey. Day one Storm fans would have had a sense of familiarity with the design based on the jersey of the inaugural 1998 Melbourne Storm team, wore for the first ever home game at Olympic Park against the now defunct North Sydney Bears. With iconic styling, the jersey featured a deep V for Victoria alongside the return of the iconic yellow collar. How good's a collar? Love a collar on a jersey. Uh, Players paid their respects to the first team with the jerseys worn against the Bulldogs carrying the name of the player who wore their number back in 1998. So let's just have a look at that inaugural Melbourne Storm team list from that from that game back in 1998 against the Bears. 
So we had at fullback, Matt Geyer. On the wings, we had Craig Smith and Marcus By. Paul Bell and John Carlaw were in the centres. The halves were Scott Hill at 5'8 and Brett Noddy Kamali at halfback. The front row was and captain Glenn Lazarus and Rodney Howe in the number 10. Richard Swain was the hooker at number 9. Uh, the back row, which consisted of Ben Rorty, Robbie Kearns and Tuara Nickow. On the bench, we had Paul Marquette, uh, Russell Bowden, the real-life Homer Simpson lookalike, Wayne Evans, and in Jersey 18, Ben Anderson. The jersey will be available from the Storm Store uh, from April, so be sure to, to get in quick, as I'm quite certain these jerseys will sell out in next to no time. So keep your eyes peeled on the Storm's online store. So let's look at the feeder club wrap for round one. So Storm fullback Sua Fealongo start in his host plus cup season. Um, he absolutely brained it. Um, went off with a bang, scoring two tries for the Sunshine Coast Falcons in a narrow loss to the Townsville Blackhawks at, at the weekend. So uh, young Fayalongo scored in the 30th and 53rd minute as a part of a haul of 269 running metres in the 22-18 defeat. So the Sunshine Coast Falcons led 18-16 before the Blackhawks unfortunately snared a converted try in the final five minutes. Across town we had uh, Jaden. Uh, no, Jaden Nikarima was also amongst the scorers for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, whilst young superstar Jack Howarth churned out 80 minutes in the back row. Uh, so good to see Jack Howarth uh, return from a shoulder injury as well. He had uh, pre-season or off-season surgery to fix a shoulder, and it looks like he's back and playing a lot of game time, which is fantastic and really positive for Melbourne Storm. The Brisbane Tigers' season had a false start with heavy rain washing out their match against Redcliffe after just four minutes. Jonah Pezzett, Joe Chan, Cole Geyer and Tristan Powell were all in the Brisbane East Tigers lineup. The Queensland Rugby League is assessing options for a potential replay for the Round 1 clash with no result recorded due to the weather. This weekend, the Falcons travel to Ipswich to face the Jets on Saturday evening whilst the Tigers host an impressive first-round one winners win a Manly on Sunday afternoon. And a special shout-out to our Melbourne Storm Jersey Fleck team who had their first win of the season, defeating arch-rivals Manly Warringah Seagulls at Amy Park, 34-20, last Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Another week, another will he or won't he? I'm, of course, speaking about Coach Craig Bellamy's coaching future. Anyone who saw his animated halftime spray to the storm via the Fox League camera would suggest the man is certainly not lacking drive, motivation and the will to win, which suggests he is far from done as a coach and the current challenge in front of him with such a young group and the amount of injuries endured, it might be enough to see him keep going. 
My opinion and personal gut feel is that I think he will keep coaching beyond 2023. That's always been my gut feel. Once a coach, always a coach. And a lot of the rhetoric from players is that he's still loving it and coaching as well as he ever ever has done. Cameron Smith this week on SEN was actually asked. Um, he was on uh, Vossi and Brandy of a morning, uh, and he was actually asked about um, Craig Bellamy's coaching future and what he actually thought if he would be hanging up the clipboard. Let's see what Cam Smith had to say. Absolutely like fun not job coaching. Absolutely not, Vossi. No, not at all. Particularly after you know Craig's tenure there for what twenty twenty one years. Um, I'm a, I have too much fun talking to you fellas on Mondays. I'd rather talk to you guys than be in those meeting rooms dealing with the players. Yeah, well, and, well, well, you know, to, just to look at you only had to watch Tim Sheen's yesterday. And oh, going, oh my god, oh, mate, that's that's too no. tough. No, and as far as Billy's concerned too, um, I know there's a little bit of talk around Billy. All the conversations I've had with him, boys, is he he said I'm extremely happy with what he's doing right now. He's he's coaching the Queensland side, you know, doing his work with the media and his and his business with his horses. Um, so I highly highly doubt that he'll take the role as as head coach of the Storm. All right, let me push a little further, uh, Ray Martin style. <laughs> will it be an internal appointment then? Is is or will Melbourne cast a net for? Yeah, a who do you think coach? might get the gig? Oh, geez. Um, I, I think, and and this is without speaking to anyone in the organisation, any of the administration, I think they will look for someone that has spent time at Melbourne. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a very you know sort of. It's a unique place, you know, for, for rugby league to be to be played and, and coached and, and whatnot. So you got to know uh, the town and the people and, and what the club's about. Um, they've got some wonderful people in there at the moment as, as assistant coaches. Mark Bretnell's got great experience. Uh, Craig Bellamy's son has been there for a long time. Aaron Bellamy, Ryan Hinchcliffe, former Storm player, as an assistant as well. Um, but I think if they're looking for a little bit more experience, maybe maybe a guy like Jason Riles. Might be a chance to go down and and uh, and coach Melbourne. Right, well, that'd, that'd be my, that'd, that'd be my tip. He's, he's currently at the Roosters. He's assistant coach at Roosters, the Roosters. Yes, he is. Yeah, it's yep. his second year at the Roosters. Um, so you know, and he's yeah. So he's been both a player and a coach at the Melbourne Storm. Um, yeah, so that would be my tip. But yeah, who knows? We we'll have to wait and see. So there you go, that was Cameron Smith on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy being asked about who he thought could potentially coach if Beliak was to hang up the clipboard. So his tip is current Roosters assistant coach Jason Riles, who was also, as we know, a former assistant at Melbourne Storm. So interesting to see if that does come to fruition. Should, should Craig Bellamy decide to retire? General Manager of Football, Frank Panisi, on Sports Day Victoria on SEN 11.16, was also asked about Craig Bellamy's future. Let's hear what Frank had to say. How do you explain uh, Craig Bellamy's contract setup? He signed the five-year deal, I think it was last year, but it didn't specify that those five years he had to be coach. I see Billy Slater was asked whether he would be prepared to take over at some point, and he, he sort of said, not, not really, I'm, I'm happy with my life as it's going, but... How do you? How long do you think Craig will be in the head coaching position? Yeah, look, he's in his second year of the five-year deal, James, and basically the contract—it's a year-to-year head coach position. Uh, and if he at any time during those five years decides 
um, not to continue as head coach the following season. He would then go into a, a role of a coaching director or coaching mm. mentor and a role still to be decided. So he's definitely he's contracted the club for a five-year period, which I think extends to the end of 2025. Uh, regarding his position as head coach, look, he'll... Uh, uh, he hit some stage in the next month. I would say that there'll be a discussion between the, the club and Craig, and, and he'll decide whether he's going to coach again in 2023, uh, 2024, I should say, or this is in fact his last season. Uh, you know, we hope uh, that he does continue. I think he's coaching as well as he's ever coached before, but ultimately that's a decision for Craig to make. Um, you know, Billy would be a wonderful coach, there's no doubt about it. He's uh, he's involved with us at the moment, one day a week as a, a consultant working with our outside backs and our attack coach. Uh, but whether he's ready to take on the role of a head coach at the moment, given all his other commitments, both in the media, he's a Queensland State of Origin coach, and he's, he's got other outside business interests as well. But if he wanted to do it, there's absolutely no doubt that Billy could do it and be a very good head coach. But, uh, you know, the jury's out whether he, he would put his hand up if the position became available. So you'd have you'd have to have one eye on the succession plan, knowing that you know at any day Craig could walk away. Do you think he'll be involved in in replacing himself? As strange as that might sound. Yeah, look, he'll definitely have a say. There's no doubt about it. And and, and why shouldn't he? I mean, he's coaching uh, an NRL head coach. He's a, outside of Wade Bennett. He's the most experienced head coach in the game's history. So why wouldn't you use someone who's been in that role more than anyone else, bar one other person? Um, so he's um, you know he'll he'll definitely have a say in that. Um, I'll uh, uh, look in terms of who look there's a number of candidates we've got a couple on our staff that I think would make uh, really good head coaches and we've had a couple of other coaches in assistant coaches role that have been connected with the club in the past uh, coaching elsewhere also would be good candidates so I think it'll be someone that's been in the storm system uh, and I think we'll have a good selection to select from if that opportunity does arise Frank Panisi there on the possibility of club legend and current Storm specialist coach and Maroon's origin head coach, here's what Billy Slater himself had to say on being linked to the Storm head coaching job. Well, you've hit the ground run, running as a, a coach in the origin arena, Billy, without any experience as a coach. If you to look into your future, is NRL coaching something on the, the, the agenda for Billy Slater or are you happy doing what you're doing at the moment? He's a smart man, Christian Welks, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I really enjoy my life at the moment. I've, like Christian said, I've, I've got a good balance to it. Um, the Melbourne Storm mean, means a whole lot to me. I've, I've spent half my life at that club and, and I'm still there now as a part-time coach and um, still contributing to the club. Yeah, so at, at, the, at the moment, no, it, it, it's, it's a no. I, I don't see myself as an NRL coach. I, I love doing my work for Channel 9 and going and broadcasting the game and, and, and expressing my opinions and um, trying to add a little bit of insight into what the players are feeling and, um, you know, I really enjoy that. Um, obviously, the State of Origin stuff's come up over the last 12 months, so, you know, that's another challenge for me and um, yeah, up, up 
probably a start to my head coaching career. Uh, where that goes, I, I'm not too sure. But like I said, I'm I'm really comfortable with where my life's at at the moment. You know, a couple of things that you mentioned there before of what I'm doing. You know, two things that that you didn't mention is I'm a father and I'm a wife as well. So yeah. um, you nearly release those things when you become a head coach in the NRL. But um, yeah, not quite ready to do that. Although I think. You- I think Billy meant to say he's a husband, not a wife. I think it's also important to note that no one can categorically say or knows what Craig Bellamy's going to do. The man himself, I'm sure, doesn't definitely know. I'd say it's a decision he would be wrestling with internally, thinking, does his age dictate when he should retire? Or are there other factors at play? I mean, for years we've heard him say that this will be it. This will be the last year. This is the last contract. Yeah, well, that was three contracts ago. And as Phil Gus Gould has previously stated, Craig, you aren't allowed to retire. Gould went on to say, I actually sent him a message. I said, you're not allowed to give it away. The game can't lose coaches like you, and we can't lose you in Melbourne. You can't deny the next generation of talent your mentorship. I said, you don't get to decide when you retire. We'll carry you out in a box. I sent that to him. There's no retiring. The game needs you. Melbourne needs you. The kids of the future need you. We can't have these blokes retiring. That's why Wayne Bennett has such a great outlook. I spent a bit of time with Bennett. He's never going to retire. He will never retire. And that's a really good thing. We can't deny the next generation whatever we can extract from these fellas. I know he's had high pressure and a marvellous career to date, Craig Bellamy. He probably never needs to work again or be involved in football if he doesn't want to. But the game, the game can't afford that. So they're, they're, what, they're Gus Gould's words to Craig Bellamy. And I echo those sentiments. We can't. We can't afford to lose Craig Bellamy from the storm or the game for that matter. And I think the reason why he's continued to keep coaching contract after contract after previously saying that this this would be it, this would be it, this would be it, is that he gets a wave or an influx of youth which reinvigorates him because he's got a new challenge to make sure that the kids coming into this storm system understand what the Melbourne storm is about, what the jersey means, that jerseys aren't given out, that it's all about the work ethic. The harder you work, the luckier you get, as Craig which is Craig Bellamy's philosophy. And it's really about instilling those traits in the players, those traits that are ingrained in the four walls of the organisation that the current leaders are mentoring these young kids that come through, and he's overseeing all that. But he's also showed no lack of appetite or hunger there's no nothing's dissipated in terms of his will to keep 
wanting to coach, wanting to improve, wanting to be better. And that's reflected in his playing group because they're a product of, of the coach. So let's hope Beliak listens to that fire that is still obviously burning in his belly and he continues to be the Storm's head coach for 2023 and beyond going into 2024 because we can't afford to lose Craig Bellamy. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening as always. He's hoping for a bounce back against the Titans. A much improved performance. A performance that is all about effort. That's all we as fans, as members, that's all we want to see. That's all we want to see and that's all we that's what we really expect. Usually when effort is present and is visible, it culminates in a win for the men that wear the purple jersey. Let's hope that is the case this weekend. My tip, um, I'm going to be conservative and cautious and suggest that the Storm are going to grind out a win. Sometimes after uh, an embarrassing performance, usually you've got to roll the sleeves up and really sort of grind out a victory, and that can set your season up. So I'm going to suggest that the Storm win by eight. So Storm by eight. Let's see how we go. Until next week, enjoy your weekend of... Rugby League. And go the mighty Melbourne Storm.